I was reading a book not too long ago called Conversation Peace by Mary Kassan, and it's about just communication and, and, and really difficult communication. She was talking about a story that while she was visiting Switzerland, she came upon a sheepfold, and she saw a shepherd lovingly giving attention to one sheep, um, which was lying on a pile of straw apart from the rest of the flock. It caught her attention, and this story caught my attention in the book. And all of a sudden, she asked, she said, um, what's going on here? And the shepherd offered, its leg is broken. And upon inquiring how it happened, the shepherd shocked Mary and said, I broke it. And all of a sudden, she didn't know what to do. And the shepherd continued. He said, of all the sheep in my flock, it was the most stubborn and the most defiant. It would not obey my voice. It would not follow where, it was, where I was leading the flock. And he said, on more than one occasion, I, I want you to hear these words because we'll come back to them. It was wandering to the edge of a precipice and wouldn't listen when I was calling it back as it was getting close to the edge. Not only was it disobedient, this was interesting to me, he said it was leading the other street sheep astray. And I had no choice, but I had to break its leg. Mary said, but what will happen when it walks again? It won't follow after you after you've done it. And the shepherd looked and said, that's not true. He said, after I broke its leg, I took the lamb some food. I tried, it tried to bite me. But after letting it lie alone in hunger for a couple of days, I went back and not only eagerly took the food, but began to lick my hand and show every sign of affection towards me. And he said, now when this sheep is well and walks, it will be a model sheep to the entire flock. This sheep, will he no other sheep in this flock will hear my voice so quickly and follow so closely. It will be an example of devotion and obedience. Listen to this last line. Breaking its leg was an act of kindness, and through the pain, it will learn to follow me. Now listen. I don't want the shepherd to have to break my legs. I want to do the right thing and go in the right direction. But here's what I realized. I know a lot of broken leg Christians. And their whole life is a limp and not a walk. And I believe that God is going to help us today because some of you limped to church today but God is getting ready to help you walk one more time. If anyone should have gotten his legs broken, it should have been Joseph in the Christmas story. Let me tell you how to avoid broken legs because I believe this story is going to help you from the Christmas story. There is a principle in this first Christmas story that for me was life-changing. When faced with very important decisions, anybody here ever say these words, I don't know what to do, or I'm not sure what the right decision is. Because we want answers to so many questions. Should I marry them or not? Should I move to this city? Should I go into the ministry? Should I change jobs? Should I give this amount of money? Or who should I uh, give this to during the Christmas holidays? I have to tell you, I, when I got to church today, um, it, I was challenged by the Holy Spirit while we were worshiping and being led in worship today. It was God beginning to turn my message against me. 
and it was last night, my, the elders asked me, they said, how, how have you been? I said, I didn't sleep well last night. I said, not because there's anything bad on the horizon. I said, but there's a number of decisions I need to know what God wants to do in my life. And like that, I'm going, what do we do here? What do we do here? And it was a restless night for me. And it was all of a sudden during worship as Vicky was leading us, the singers, at that point, I felt that the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the very thing you're going to speak to, I want you to live out and understand what was happening. That you could have slept with peace last night, but you, and I'm going, just don't break my leg. Just whatever you do, just don't break my leg. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Let me show you what could have happened in the Christmas story, and let me encourage you. I want to challenge you, and I want to give you some hope tonight. Here's what it says. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. The Bible says in verse 20, but when he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill a key word in the book of Matthew, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. And here's what it says. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name, as Matthew sang, his name will become Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Hallelujah. Jesus' birth wastes no time and starts with the impossible. Look at it again. The birth of Jesus was as follows. Here it is. It goes right to the impossible. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. Here it comes. By the Holy Spirit. I have to just tell you, whenever God's miracles are coming on the scene, sometimes it can cause problems. When God's miracles come, problems sometimes come along with it. Pastor Tim, how could you say that? Folks, it's all over the Gospels. When I read this, the miracle catch a fish, cast your nets on the right side. They bring in a, 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 a miracle hoist a fish in Luke 5, and all of a sudden, miracles sometimes can cause problems. The Bible says both boats were sinking because of the miracle. How about the raising of Lazarus from the dead? Just when you thought the religious world would rejoice, they put a hit out on Lazarus because his resurrection was converting people to Jesus, the Messiah. How about Jesus healing a blind man? When, when the famous words of John 9 come, when they ask him, um, who healed you? He says, listen, I don't know who it is. All I know is this. Once I was blind, but now I see. And all of a sudden it says they were throwing him and his family out of the temple. A miracle causing problems. The miracle is God is about to be birthed. The problem, she's found with child in a betrothal period and it's, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. Betrothed. That's the key word. That's the, one of the problems. See, to the Jewish people in that day, betrothal, we would look at it as engagement, but a betrothal period 
was the same as a marriage except the husband and wife coming together physically. They were still called husband and wife in the betrothal, but if a betrothed woman was to become pregnant, according to Deuteronomy 22, it was worthy of death. So pregnant during the betrothal is a problem. Bigger problem, pregnant because of the Holy Spirit. Now that's a problem. Can you imagine her trying to explain to Joseph, I'm pregnant. Pregnant? By who? Holy Spirit. I, I, at that point, I'm done. There's, there is, a, there is a, a place in Blackpool, England, and it's called, uh, it's called the Alibi Agency. That if you are doing something illegal, they will give you an alibi for how to get out of it. They, they manufacture. I'm going, if they got Joseph and Mary's alibi, they're going out of business. Because how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, I'm pregnant in the betrothal? That's probably happened before. But the impossible, by the Holy Spirit, what's Joseph's next move? What decision do you make here? This is what's amazing. Because there's no manual, there's no precedent to go, what do you do when God shows up in the womb of a virgin? There's no manual for that. And I think God sometimes puts us in impossible or difficult situations so we will trust him more, even though we don't see what's ahead of us. Folks, I'm just telling you, um, when I saw Matthew singing here, it reminded me of what we did with him and his sisters in the, their first group called the second chapter of Acts. When I was 19 years old, um, Gary Wilkerson, the son of our founder, who knew my past. My past is this. I grew up in the church. I grew up um, not uh, in the, uh, the church that my parents um, raised me and then moved us out to Long Island, was right across the street from Madison Square Garden called Glad Tidings Tabernacle. And I, I literally almost, was almost born um, for Christmas during the Christmas cantata as my mom was singing on stage, and it was just, and, and I grew up in the church. I grew up on Sunday nights, you go to church. I grew up Wednesday nights, you go to church. I grew up that after church on Sunday nights, you go to the afterglow, and you eat food at the afterglow. And it was just, there was no negotiations whether you were going to church or not. You went to church, or you went to see Jesus. That was it. That's all. That was your choice. You're going to see him sooner or later. And so when Gary Wilkerson in Detroit at 19, a, a young man who grew up in the church, not on the street, said, okay, your assignment is a prostitution hotel. Get a Bible study going in a prostitution hotel. I'm going, I'm, I'm the wrong guy. You don't choose me. I'm not, I've never been addicted to anything. Oreos was like the only thing I could go, and I don't know if that was a good testimony or not. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, why me? But I have to tell you, um, this is God putting you in a, me in a situation that you've got to trust him for. And what's amazing is that 
that to think that the first two people on the very first night of the Bible study to get saved and sat there on the front row for the next five years was the pimp of the hotel and the heroine, um, uh, the, the man who was in charge of selling heroin at the hotel. One guy's name was Travis. The other guy's name was Radio. They called him Radio because he talked too much. They had radio, they had Travis, and God goes, let me save them, put them on the front row, not to show them that you're something, but that my grace can take people out of the craziest situation. And they sat there for five years every Thursday night on Woodward and Mack Avenue in Detroit, Michigan, at a hotel that every time they came down for that Bible study, they couldn't miss it. He used to be that. He was blind, but now he sees. He was dead, but now he's alive. And in that very hotel, this is what reminded me of it. As Matthew was singing, we put Matthew and his whole band right in the center of that prostitution hotel. And we just said, sing for Jesus. And it's incredible to see what God can do. Coming to New York City in the middle of a pandemic and everything is shut down, the streets, there is no manual for that. I couldn't go to Amazon and go, how do you run a church in a pandemic? There's nothing like that. It says, this is what I realized. When God wants to do something great, he begins with difficulties. Listen, but when God wants to do something extraordinary, he begins with the impossible. That's what he does. This is impossible, folks. What's Joseph's next move? My situation was difficult. Joseph's impossible. It says the great Chinese missionary Hudson Taylor said, impossibilities provide a platform on which the Lord can display his power. So here's the question. What's Joseph's next move? She's pregnant. I have no manual on this by the Holy Spirit, not even realizing she's carrying the Son of God, the hope of the world, the life that's going to change you and me and this planet forever. So what's the next move? Think about this now. Here's the part I want you to get. For 3,000 years, God was preparing the planet for Jesus' arrival. And Joseph, get ready now, is about to make a decision that will mess everything up. Everything. He's about, I, I call it this, it is, he is one night away from the biggest blunder in human history. Here it is. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, here it comes, was planning to send her away secretly. Well, folks, think about this. Here is what God has done to set the scene over the last thousand years. And just days before the birth of Christ, Joseph is about to make a decision to mess everything up. Think of it. God's moving. As God is speaking and Mary's impregnated by the Holy Spirit, God is moving a thousand miles away with magi, sending a star to lead them. God is doing stuff in outer space with that unique star, which is not only going to outshine them all, but it's going to be a roadmap to bring them right to the manger. He's sending and has sent out a host of angels 
right to Israel to speak to shepherds on a night and to sing a song. They've been rehearsing a song that on that night that the Son of God is about to come, that it's going to be good news to humanity that God is arriving on the scene. God has given 700 Old Testament scriptures to prophesy that this day is going to happen, where he would be born, where he would be raised, all the way to his crucifixion, the miracles, everything has been prophesied. 3,000 years in the making, 700 prophecies, and God on that night sends the Holy Spirit to a virgin supernaturally, impregnates her to, present, to, to carry the Son of God, and Joseph is about to mess it all up. If Joseph, listen now, here it comes. If Joseph sends her away, the Bible's false. The prophecies are inaccurate. God has lied and Christianity is done with. Do you understand what's riding on this? If Joseph goes, we're not doing this. Because then the prophecies of getting to Egypt, to getting to Nazareth, to being born in Bethlehem, it won't happen. This is so much riding on this. And God's going, oh, he's going to mess everything up. I, if I'm God, I'm going, just kill him. Thank God we're not gods. Thank God he's God. And he goes, I've been preparing this for 3,000 years. And Joe, you're not going to mess this up for me right now. There is a lot at stake on this verse. If Joseph makes this decision to put her away, but I'm telling you, and I want to encourage you with something, because one phrase stands out to me. Look at it again. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. Folks, look at that verse. You see it on the screen. Here it is. This is what I've learned. The best way to make this, the best way to make sure you're in the place that God wants you to be. Look at the verse. And Joseph, her husband, say, look at these words, being a righteous man. Folks, this popped out to me, that phrase. Look at it again. Being a righteous man. Do you know how powerful that phrase is and how protective it is? Not just for the Christmas story. This one line begins to, to, to keep history and God's plan in place that God is going to begin to lead this man, Joseph, who had every intention of putting her away, was going to mess up the whole story, mess up all the spots that all this was to happen. But somehow, being a righteous man, God goes, let me intervene and guide you on this. One night away from making the decision, calling the lawyers for the divorce papers. One night away, and God intervenes. Here's what I've realized about this phrase. Here it comes. Let me share something with you that's been life-changing for me. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a righteous man, what is it? Are ordered by the Lord's. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Even if he was going this way, the wrong way, God has a way of ordering our steps in the way that it's supposed to go. Let, let, me, let me say this. Let me read it out of the Amplified Version. This is amazing. This is what the Amplified says in Psalm 37, 23. 
it says, the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way. I love this phrase. He busies himself with every one of his steps. Busies himself to make sure that those steps are in place. I, I think of those words that A.W. Tozer said. Listen to this. He says, I believe it's impossible for a righteous man or woman of God to make a wrong decision. God will move heaven and earth to get you to where you need to be. Amen. Folks, this brought hope that if God would take a righteous woman and order her steps, if God would go, listen, I'll move heaven and earth to make sure that you're going to be on the right track. I'll move all of heaven and earth to get you to where you need to be. So I started to realize this, folks. In my decision-making and in my life, can I just, I just want to take a moment just to walk you through this for just a second. Then I started to realize the goal of knowing the will of God is not simply trying to find out where do you want me to go, what do you want me to do, or who is it, who am I supposed to marry, but if, if I'm walking in righteousness. That's really the issue. God, can you say that about me? Can I, can, I, I, I want to be that righteous man. But, because I, I, like Joseph, God was about to busy himself with every step of Joseph because Joseph was a righteous man. That's why I want to dig just for a moment a little deep in this, and then I want to expand it to you for just a second. So just bear with me for a second. Because when you think of that phrase, what is righteous? What is being a righteous woman or a righteous man? I, I want you to get these two phrases because it's both positional and it's functional. Here's, so let me just dig a little deep and then I'm going to begin to apply it. It's positional and it's functional. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? Positional. Here's what I want you to know. I am in right standing with God the moment I am a born-again Christian. Don't miss this. You are not in the game and God's going, okay, I'm starting to like you more. He loves you. The moment you become a Christian, you are in right standing with God. I become the righteousness of God in Christ the very moment that I'm born again. The very moment I'm born again. However, that never changes. However, there is a functional righteousness. Stay with me now. This is where I am daily living in obedience to God. It's pursuing a word that, folks, I'm telling you, is not talked about today, and it's this word called holiness. It's not a word that people use, because as soon as you say holiness, they're, they all, all of a sudden, they want to think of rules and regulations. No, 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 I've, I, I want freedom. I'm telling you, there is the greatest freedom in the world when you are walking righteous before God. I'm telling you, folks, as God is, re, as, as churches are removing this word and people getting upset going, that's bondage, holiness. I'm telling you, it's liberty and freedom. Stay with me for a moment, because I want you to get this. It means, holiness means, though I'm not perfect, I'm growing and maturing. That Jesus' character is being lived out in my life every single day. Can I explain to you this? I think this is the best definition of holiness. True holiness is not what we do, but what we allow God to do in us. That's what holiness is. See, a righteous man or a righteous woman says yes to God every single day. Yes, God. 
I, I, I say yes to, to, to prayer, yes to reading your word, yes to integrity, yes to telling the truth, yes to being sexually pure till the day I get married, yes to obeying the word, yes to giving, yes to tithing, yes to forgiving and not holding on to bitterness. Yes, I want to be in the house of God. Yes, I want to be part of touching the poor. When every time you say yes to God, I'm telling you, it's the greatest weapon that every time you say yes to God, it's an automatic no to the devil. Every time you say yes to God. You don't even have to say no to Satan because I'm saying yes to God in everything that we do. And when I walk in righteousness, my steps get ordered by God. I was reading the story that the great English preacher Spurgeon was telling about a woman in his church, a woman of wealth, who was looking, getting up in years and needed a chauffeur, needed a driver. And she narrowed it down to three candidates in the interview. And Charles Spurgeon said she took all three of them and they, she sat in the back and let them drive her. The first two showed off their skills on how close they could drive to the mountain's edge and yet keep the car in control. Like you, you could look over and go, oh my goodness, but we're in control. They said the final man kept it so far away from the edge because he didn't want to get close to danger. It wasn't about seeing how close he can get and still be in control, but how far he could stay away and still know that we're going forward. Here's my question. Guess who got the job? Not the guys that were driving close to the end. And folks, I'm telling you, that's where God is going. Don't live this Christian life trying to see how close you can get to the edge. Begin to step away from that. Walk in obedience. Walk in righteousness. Walk where God wants. And I'm telling you, listen now. The protection of righteousness is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When you feel conviction of the Holy Spirit, it keeps me away from the edge. Conviction helps me to walk, keep walking, and not go to the limp of a broken leg of a sheep. When you feel the conviction of God over a decision, over something, or something inside, that's the protection of God going, I want to keep you from the edge. Let me explain it like this. Here's what I want you to get. Psalm 23 has this amazing image of the sheep, us, and the shepherd him. Listen to what he says. David says, for you, my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, are with me. Look at these next words. Say them out loud with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, that phrase, your rod and your staff, is interesting because the rod and the staff is the same stick, but it has different purposes. Now here's what I want you to stay with me on. It's just a matter of which end is it's going to be. Let, let me explain it. Let me explain. Okay, this is going to be, sorry, guitar player David. Okay, this is going to be, my, I'm, I'm not even a prop preacher, but let me just pretend for just a moment here. Okay, so this, this is my shepherd's staff. And what happens, what the shepherd does, if the sheep is going too close to the edge, the shepherd will take 
the staff and push it in the side of the sheep. He takes the rod and he keeps the pressure going, don't do it, don't do it, that's not gonna do it. And this is what's interesting. That means as you get close to the edge, do you ever get ready to do something going, oh, I don't feel right about this? That's the rod. That's the Holy Spirit protecting you from going off the side. So when you're sitting in church today and all of a sudden I say something and you're going, oh, I don't like that. That's not the opportunity to get up and leave and find another church because that's what some of you do. That's what you do. I watch it. I know it. I can time it. I know when I'm about to say something going, oh, three will get up. Five will get up on this one. That doesn't, do you think that, it, listen, that's, the, that's not me. It's the rod that's pushing you. It's all of a sudden you're going like, why do I feel this way? It must be Delina. Mm-mm. It's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that's beginning to push on that. What is he doing? It, he's pushing us to say, you're getting close, too close to the end. Get away, get away, get away. J- Jimmy, come here for a second. Come on, come on, Jimmy, get over here. I need you to be a sheep. Come over here, Jimmy. So, Jimmy, Jimmy, start walking close to the edge. Start walking. No, 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 Jimmy, let's go. Come on, keep walking. No, 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 Jimmy, come on. Let's keep walking. Let's keep walking. Keep walking straight, Jimmy. Okay, stay over here, Jimmy. Stay over here. See, Jimmy's going, that hurts, but he doesn't die. Because when you get, so here's what I want to say. When you feel that pressure, now here's what it says. It says sometimes the sheep bypasses and blows by the pressure. And at that moment, the shepherd will let him go. And when he gets caught, he has to turn the staff over to the hook part now. And now Jimmy is stuck in the weeds. And now I've got to go, Jimmy. And I'm going to be careful. And now I've got to pull Jimmy out of the weeds to go, if you just would have listened to the pressure, Now, I've got to not only hook your neck, I've got to break your leg so you can get, Jimmy, just listen to God. (laughs) Conviction is the pressure on the side. Okay, listen, let me say it like this. This This is important. Here it comes. See, when you become a Christian, You may sin the same sin you used to when you were a sinner. Okay, stay with me. But now that you're a Christian, you can't sin the same sin the same way as you used to when you were a sinner. Why? Because when you invited God, you got the Holy Spirit that says, I'm here to keep that pressure on because I'm here to get you all the way to your destiny, to where God wants you to be. That's why you're going, how come I can't do this anymore with any joy? Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's what that is. And it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit that protects our future. Joseph, being a righteous man, was going to secretly divorce Mary. Then all of a sudden, he felt the rod, the pressure says, no, 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 don't do this. Cindy and I were felt, we felt the rod, just, just the touch. We weren't going there, but we recently were having breakfast. We went out or brunch with somebody uh, a couple Mondays ago, and the, 
and our girls knew we were going to going out to eat, and so we were trying to sneak out before they saw us. And so they go, if you go, we want this. So we knew we had to order three extra meals, and we were trying to get off cheap. And so all of a sudden, so Cindy Orch said, okay, we're going to eat this with this couple, but she said, we need this ordered at the end. And when we got the bill, she didn't put it on there. We had the bag to go. Now, recognize this. That's not Jehovah Jireh, God providing for you. Because if, if, because some of you, when you were living in sin, you were just going, thank you very much. You blew it. And you'd walk off. But when you are a born again Christian, you can't sin the same sin the same way because of the shepherd, the Holy Spirit. So all of a sudden, as we're reading this, little pressure. So we go, ma'am, could you come out? You didn't put this on. You forgot to put these three meals on our bill. It was just, it's saying yes to integrity. It's saying yes. Folks, we may have dealt with, I don't know. It could have been 20, 25 extra. Do you think we're going to sell ourselves for $25? Come on. For what? If that's going to hinder being the righteousness of God, if that's going to hinder me being in a spot that God wants me to be, do you actually think I'm going to play around with $25? Man, I'm going, put that rod on. I'm not, you're not going to break my leg for 25 bucks. You're not doing that. I'm, I'm walking, I'm going to walk in integrity. We're going to walk in honesty with whatever God has. When you feel the rod, respond. Respond with, I made a mistake. Respond with, please forgive me. Respond with owning. Respond. Joseph felt the right. Look at it. God is ordering his steps. Verse 20. But when he had considered this, that was to put her away. Behold, here comes the pressure. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, tell the waitress you have three extra meals. And don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's, God steps in, puts the pressure on, and says, stop. I know you're about to put her away. Wrong decision. Pressure, don't put her away. Let me, let me read to you the rest of that great verse in Psalm 37, and the one that says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Let me give you the the, all of it. It says this, the steps of a good man are directed by the Lord or ordered by the Lord. He delights in each step they take. And this is the part I love. If they fall, it isn't fatal for the Lord's hand is with them. If you mess up, God has promised to order your steps. He says, I'm going to get you on track. I'm going to divorce my wife. God goes, mm-mm, mm-mm. I, I put this together. Some of you, listen, I'm telling you, some of you may all of a sudden going like, Man, I'm, I'm thinking about divorce. I can't. And God's going, stop. You're feeling the pressure. You're going, I want to go to another church then. Make sure they agree. And I'm telling you, God's speaking to you right now. You stop those proceedings with that lawyer. And you get into counseling and let God rescue your marriage. I'm telling you right now. And some of you are going like, I want to get into a loving church. This is a loving church. I just spit. If you fall, 
it isn't faithful. And then David says this, I love it. David goes, I've been young and now I'm old. And in all my years, I've never seen the Lord forsake a man who loves him, nor have I seen the children of the godly go hungry. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you know it like this. I've been young, I've been old, and it goes like this, the old King James, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Come on, put that on the screen. Let them see it. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Put it on. There you go. In all my years, I've never seen the Lord forsake a man. Listen, who loves God? It's the old King James, wrong verse. Put it back up there. King James verse, please, please. King James, put it up, put it up. Pressure, yes! Way to go, production. I've not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread in all my years. I've been young, I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken ever, 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 ever. God is good. God gets us on track. God is with us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God will move heaven and earth to get you on track. Heaven and earth. God will move heaven and earth to get you where you need to be. That's why I believe if you, as you obey, just take the one step, things get clearer and clearer and clearer. I knew, I'm going, God, what do you want me to share today? Let me tell you an obedient moment. I felt like the pressure. Yesterday, I was coming to the church in the morning to pray because I knew that all of these people have worked so hard, our cast, our choir. I said, let me come earlier. And, uh, and to get there early, I took a, an Uber to the church. And so while I was going, um, this precious woman was driving us, and so we were just talking a little bit, and I found out, I was so excited, I found out she was from Burkina Faso, one of my favorite places in all of Africa. I said, I've been there, I've been there twice. It's one of the most precious places in that entire continent, West Africa. These people are amazing. And so she lit up, we started talking, and I said, and, and I, just a tiny pressure, tiny, felt the Holy Spirit say, invite her. Invite her to Christmas on Broadway. And I remember giving her those cards that we're asking you to give. And I remember, play, play, folks, you thought I gave Aisha a million dollars. I just, I said, Aisha, I want you to come and be part of it. I want you to be my guest. I want you to call this number, and we're going to give you the best seats in the house. I want you and your husband, and I want you to be here with folks. And then, then, I, felt the, then I felt the pressure. Then I felt the, the, it came. Boom. And I was about to get out, and the Holy Spirit goes, now lay hands on her and pray with her. And I just, I'm sitting there and just going like, but I got to get to the church and pray. No, you don't. You're going to pray for her. And I knew if I miss that, I miss what I'm supposed to share today. Because you take the first step and God makes the second step clear. 
Once you hear him, you take the next step. And I, I, folks, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit came in that Uber car. I prayed. She held on to her, the license. She had a license of her husband. We started to pray, God, you touch, you touch those two precious children. I pray that she knows that this is a divine appointment. She wasn't just picking up someone. It was God telling her that he loves her, that this is a special day for her. And I mean, folks, it was as if the presence of God came right there on 51st and Broadway. And God goes, if you just walk in righteousness, I'll tell you what the next steps are. And that's what happened with Joseph. This is what God did. Gave him a dream. I'm just going to give it to you quick. Gave him a dream and says, now get out. First, get the baby born in Bethlehem. Get out and get to Egypt because Herod is about to kill all the children. And then once Herod dies, I'm sending you back to Nazareth so you can raise this child. Do you understand what God did? God goes, every time you begin to obey me, I'm going to get you to Bethlehem when you need to be in Bethlehem. I'm going to get you to Egypt when you need to be in Egypt. And I'm going to get you back to Nazareth when you need. You know what? You know how that was all because? Being a righteous man. Saying yes to God every single day. Just saying yes to God. Yes to God. And some of you feel that pressure. You feel that pressure. You feel God's going, hey, you got to take care of this. Fix this. It's a pursuit of holiness. Holiness is wholeness. To say there's no spot that God doesn't have access to. He's, he's putting his hand on something. He's putting his hand on areas. It's just, and you're going like, why do I feel this way? Welcome Holy Spirit. Welcome Holy Spirit. And when you say yes, listen, to Ron and Yuka, David, Yuha, Isaiah, and, and Jimmy, the wayward sheep, I see you back there. Elder Vicky. Tim and Tyler, when we say yes, when we say yes, what happens is this. God puts you in the right place, the right city, the right position, the right area. Every time I say yes, God opens up a little bit more, opens up a little bit more, opens up a little bit more. But when you feel the pressure, don't despise that. It's God going, we got to take care of this so you don't miss when I call you. You don't miss the moment when I call out your name and say, I need you in this city. I need you in this. I need you to go to this country. I need you in this position. When you start making decisions going, oh, they'll pay me more. Ah, don't do that. I hope the rod puts the pressure on. And then all of a sudden, if you end up in the wrong place, the staff. How many have ever limped a little bit of your Christian life? Anybody with me? <laughs> I've had those limping days just going like, it's great to be a Christian. <laughs> How many would rather walk than limp? Let's balcony, main floor, those online. Let's respond. Let's respond. You feel the pressure. Let's respond to what God has. I don't want you to miss where he wants you, what he wants you. But some of you may feel like, hey, I've got to, I, I, God is dealing with me. I'm going to ask you as Vicki and the team come. I want us to respond to the Lord today. This, this is important. This is God speaking to us today. This is not just the Christmas story of just us looking at lights. This is God going, hey, there's more here than meets the eye. It's God putting a little bit of pressure 
going, here's what I want you to do. If you're sitting here today, balcony, main floor, online, I want you just to get ready. We're going to pray for you too. And you're going, God, it's, I, feel, I feel the rod. I feel the pressure. I feel God speaking to me today. And I'm, here's my encouragement. Say yes to God. Say yes to him today. I, I just, I feel I have to say this to those online and you may be here today. Future's cloudy. And, and I'm gonna say this. I'm not asking for you to clap. I don't need a big amen, but I have to say this today. I feel I have to say this. There's, some, there's, there's, there's one or two young couples that are sitting here today and you're wondering why the, the future's cloudy. And I'm just telling you, you can't live together and ask God to guide your future. You can't live, you can't live together in a sinful situation. Go, God, what do you want me to do? God goes, that's why I'm putting the pressure on you. And today, it, you, you may be sitting in a seat and God by the, now turned it over and go, I'm gonna have to use Pastor Tim, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you to this. And you're sitting back there going, I'm not moving. I told you we should have went to the other church. And there you are, and it's God taking you going, don't get to the edge. Don't get to the edge. Don't get to the edge. And I'm telling you, we're living in a society that's going wants you to listen to what they're doing, but God's going, you're going to listen. I'm your shepherd. I'm telling you folks, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And I feel I needed to say that to somebody today. And God's doing that. Just as I said to the, I, I don't know what this is, but God wants you in Bethlehem when you're supposed to be there, in Nazareth when you're supposed to be there, and in Egypt when you're supposed to be there. And he's just speaking to you today. And you feel the pressure. Wherever you're at, balcony, main floor. And as Elder Vicky just leads us on, give myself away, is that what you, I want you to come. If you're just feeling that pressure, just make your way to this altar. I want to pray for you. I just want to pray Qu quickly. If you're going like, hey, I want to make sure I get some of these things right with God today. I want to be a man, woman. I want us to be a couple that walk in righteousness today. If that's you as we sing this, I want you to come to this altar. We want to pray for you today and ask for the Holy Spirit to come do something very special. Quickly, balcony, make your way down. Bottom floor, you come down. I want to pray for all of you today and believe for God to come. As you come, if you're feeling that, that the little tug of the Holy Spirit to say, God, come speak to me. Come speak to me today. Come speak to me today. I want to be a righteous woman. I want to be a righteous man. I want to be a righteous woman. I want to be a righteous man. I want no area untouched by the Holy Spirit. And if he's putting his finger on something, then let him do it today. This is going to be a day of victory so you can be exactly where God wants you to be. Those with the salt, just listen to me for just a second. It's the pressure. You felt it. You felt it. I felt it today. Felt it. You feel it a little bit sometimes in a, in a restaurant, in a cab, when you're about to say something, all of a sudden you feel the rod just come. That's just the, it's the loving hand of God. It's Joseph. I'm putting her away. No. I need you over here. I need you to do this. It's, it's a rescue plan from God. He loves you so much. He's rescuing. He's rescuing. For those that are online, you, you're, you're sitting there and you're watching. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the nations and I just got sent to me. There, there's, there's almost, one, two, there's almost triple, look at all the people around you. There's almost triple the number watching online right now. And because, and I, but this is what I believe. God is speaking to you right now. And you feel that pressure and you couldn't turn it off because God's going, listen, I need you. I need you in Nazareth. I need you in Bethlehem for that baby to be born. That's the prophecy in Micah. And then I'm going to send you over to Egypt 
and that prophecy is in the book of Hosea and then in the book of Isaiah I'm going to send you to Nazareth and he's going to raise up as a Nazareth it's God going every time you listen to what I'm saying to you God goes I get you to the right place you're supposed to be every single time righteous women are directed by the Holy Spirit righteous men listen I want you to be righteous men of God right here I want you to be righteous I want you to be righteous men of God let him guide you every step of the way righteous women I don't know why the the women are all on this side (laughs) righteous women of God for him to direct every one of your steps listen to him when he speaks to you righteous righteous men and today I want to just let's let's commit come on lift your hands to the Lord today just just tell him say God I'm yielding to you today tell him just say I'm yielding to you God thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit you convict me so I'm not going off off the edge off the ledge God I'm praying that you're gonna raise up here I, I, I see it God some of these precious people are here today maybe maybe it was a limp to the altar maybe it was from a broken leg but God you're gonna begin to heal that leg and now send them walking in the Spirit again let them respond to the Holy Spirit there's some online, Lord God, that, 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 have, that have gone off the edge, but I thank you that every failure is not fatal. That's what we read. Failures are not fatal. When we are in God, when we're walking in God, we may fall a righteous man. A righteous man will fall seven times, but gets back up again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what your word says. Even a righteous man will fall, but gets back up. That the righteousness is not based on falling, it's based on getting back up. So God, today, let this be a get back up day. A get back up day. And I believe that. Set bones right. Set spiritual bones right. Put them in the right spot. Husbands and wives, young people, single people, put them in the right place. Put them in the right place. Not one area that, that, that has any lack of integrity. Put forgiveness in their heart. Let there be a yes to the Holy Spirit in every one of them. In Jesus name now let me you could put your hands down for a second I want to just ask this right now can I just tell you this I don't know what city God wants you in I don't know if he wants you in New York or if he wants you in North Carolina I don't know if he wants you in Dallas or in LA I don't know that But I could tell you there's one place that he wants you and that's he wants everybody in this place to be in heaven that's the one place I know listen I don't want you to blunder this decision listen to me you're going to feel, okay, so let me just, you know how the doctor, I had to go in for, for a, a, a medical thing, not recently, and they're going to they're gonna put um, an IV in me. You know what they always say? They said, you're going to feel a little something here. You're going to feel it, and it's always a lot of something. You feel a little something. And so just before, just, just when they did it, so I, I want to I just remind, where's my, give me my rod and my staff, just for a second. Okay, so you're going to feel a little something. I'm about to say something, and you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. Is there some of you that are here that you have mistaken being in church or being religious for being born again? And just because you're in church doesn't mean that you're in Christ. And God today wants to change. Just because you can associate with a denomination, a religion, let me just help you this. Here's, if I was to ask you today, how do you get to heaven? Here it comes. Get ready for the pressure. Get ready. Here it comes. I'm going to put the pressure on. And if you're going to go, oh, I'm a good person. I, I've been baptized. I'm a Jew. I'm a, I'm a Muslim. I'm, I'm a Catholic. I'm this. Let me, just, let me just let you know. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says you must be born again. 
no man sees the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. That's what the Bible says. That's it. And some of you are going like, I can't, I, 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 just, just stay put, don't run. Just a little pressure. Just a little pressure. Just a little pressure. It's God at this point going, listen, I don't want you going off an edge into eternity. Here's what I say to people all the time. Eternity is too long to be wrong. It's too long to be wrong. And if Jesus says, I must be born again to get to heaven, then folks, I plead to you today, be born again. Pastor Tim, how does that happen? It's, it's a phrase that Jesus uses. He says, just as you've had a second birth physically, you need a, a first birth physically, you need a second birth spiritually. It's when God comes alive through the Holy Spirit inside of you. It's when he comes and dwells in you. How does that happen? It's admitting that I'm a sinner, that I'm broken on the inside. I can't fix myself. It's B, believing that God sent his son to die on the cross, that Christmas, folks, Christmas, Christmas was the beginning of a rescue mission from heaven. It's a rescue mission to rescue you and me. And C, confessing him as Lord, saying you're in charge, not on Sundays, you're in charge every day. I, and that's where it starts. I want to admit that I'm a sinner. I want to believe that Jesus came, died in my place. And C, confessing him as Lord, that you, don't, you didn't come to die on the cross so I can give you Sundays. You've come to die on the cross that every day belongs to you. Jesus didn't die to get you to church. Jesus died to get you to heaven forever. That's why he died. And today that can happen to you. I wanna pray a born again prayer with every head up, every eye looking around. Here comes the pressure, here comes the pressure. And all of us, and you're here today. If you're here and say, Pastor Tim, when you pray that prayer, I wanna begin a journey with God. And you're feeling that pressure. You may be at the altar, you may be in the balcony, main floor and online. Saying, when you pray that born again prayer, put me in that. I want to start a. I want to start a journey with God today. I want to. I want to be today. I can. You could be in right standing with God. Right standing with God, and then the journey begins. Not that He loves you any more than He does right now. He loves you so much, and that's why He's putting the pressure on you now. If you're here today and say, Pastor Tim, when you pray that born again prayer, would you put me in that? With everybody looking around. Say, put me in that prayer today. Without any hands, hold up your hand as high as you can right now. Quickly, hold it up as high as you can. I want to see every hand that's up. Oh, my goodness. Look at them. Keep them up. Keep them up. All down here. Back there. Balcony. Let me just see those hands. That's fantastic. All there. Can we do this right now? Come on. With every hand and every person here, would you pray this with me today? Come on. Let's say this out loud. Say with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe that on the cross... You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. You faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.